0: This is the Energy Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration only on MarketScale. And the fact that we're using the Earth as our source of energy, it makes it much easier to extract that energy and bring it to our home. That's what's going to be, I think, truly transformational to a lot of businesses. And hydrogen fuel cells enable that world you really couldn't accomplish for a lot of use cases with batteries. By covering
1: the surfaces in floating solar PV panels, you can not only generate electricity on
0: site, you can actually purify the water. We're powered up. Let's flip the switch. Water is one of planet Earth's most precious resources. We use water to keep our bodies hydrated and to clean ourselves and many other things. And while it might seem like water is a limitless resource, the numbers say otherwise. Only 3% of Earth's water supply is fresh, consumable water, and that number could heavily decline if we don't find ways to conserve water. Joining us today is Klaus Reichhardt, CEO of The Waterless Company and inventor of the No Flush Urinal, a product which has helped save venues like the Mercedes-Benz Stadium millions of gallons of water. He'll be providing his insight on how his waterless invention came to be, the economic benefits of being a water conservationist, and what the state of water will be in the United States in the near future. How are you doing, Klaus?
1: I'm doing fine, then. Thanks for for doing
0: this. Absolutely, my pleasure. I wanted to start this interview asking, overall, what's the current state of water in the United States? If you could just give us a brief overview.
1: Uh, I think at the moment, the state of water is still good. But of course, we need to be aware of what is uh, coming. Uh, What I mean is the droughts that we have seen across about 36 states in the last two, three years certainly are an indicator that the state of water is becoming somewhat precarious or more precarious in certain areas. And it is not just the normal drought areas that we think of like Arizona, Nevada or California but it is actually states like uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania that have problems.
0: And I've noticed that over the past decade or so, uh, cost of water is rising in the United States. Why is that?
1: It has various reasons. Um, One of the primary reasons is that our water infrastructure is old and getting older, um, is brittle or broken. So the maintenance issues for the water delivery Uh, have become uh, elevated meaning there is more money needed a higher budget needed just to keep water being delivered to our facilities or homes Uh, then of course you have regional problems as i talked before in regards to water availability Uh, and actually with you know increased population in various areas all of a sudden there is strain on the water resources that are locally there, Uh, places, uh, for example, the Dakotas that all of a sudden have an increase in employment, Uh, they need um, water more so than ever before, and all of a sudden there is stress on the resources, which in turn, again, uh, needs either more water infrastructure being built or maintained, and that's where more costs uh, uh, are involved. Um, But that's just really on the water delivery side. Um, I always like to give the example that uh, on a thousand gallons of water, you also need to put in the cost of the sewer, meaning the water you use, of course, uh, becomes effluent, needs to be treated, and very often the cost of the treatment is double, triple, if not quadruple, of the cost of water. So in essence, the cost of water is still very low uh, compared to the treatment cost. And our water cost in the United States on average is uh, less than uh, what other uh, first world countries are being charging.
0: Now, switching gears a bit, you are the inventor of the waterless no flush urinal. Can you sort of tell us how that came to be and how it exactly works? I'll be glad to. Um, uh,
1: I invented the urinals in the late 80s uh, there was. I saw a need, I felt a need, uh, I thought it would be a good business proposal uh, when the first droughts really um, uh, made people aware that there is a water shortage problem primarily at that time in California. And uh, I became aware of an old patent from the late 1800s out of Switzerland that used a, um, uh, an uh, almond seed oil uh, to do the things so that a waterless urinal can work. The way a waterless urinal works real quick is very simple. You take a flushed urinal off the wall, remove the flush valve, cap the flush valve, put the waterless urinal onto the existing drain line. So it means everything from the waterless urinal drains into a regular drain line. However, in the bowl of the urinal sits an insert, a trap, that is filled with a sealing liquid. The sealing liquid acts essentially like oil and water, so the sealing liquid floats on top. And in that trap, the blue seal liquid, the sealing liquid, is what makes the system odorless. Uh, In addition, the uh, waterless urinals, while when you hear of it at first, uh, seems not only unconventional, Intentional but possibly unhygienic. It is actually more hygienic than a flushed urinal because it's a dry. It has dry surfaces and bacteria do not grow.
0: Yeah, I know that the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta uses your waterless urinals. Have they reported that like their upkeep costs have gone down since installing them?
1: Um, they have not reported that because it's only been about six or seven months. But uh, from the normal uh analysis uh when the urinals went in uh they will save about 40 percent on the water use and uh, operational uh, cost on urinals and the estimate for the year is about 12 to 14 million gallons uh, just from the urinals alone
0: wow that is a lot of uh water that is being saved especially from one major stadium like the mercedes-benz stadium uh, sort of switching gears from that, have you worked on any other products or designs that help conserve water?
1: Um, no, you know what? It's been the focus really for the last 28 years uh, because the, the savings are just so, so great. Uh, and there's still so many urinals out there that can be converted. If you figure uh, that we probably have about 9 million urinals on the wall installed that use water. It still can be converted. Uh, there's an awful lot of work still to be done.
0: <laughs> so it's mostly just focusing on uh, making sure the water li- uh, urinals become, you know, no flush waterless.
1: That's uh, that's certainly my hope and that's what we're working for. And again, you know, every year as as more and more people become aware of our product, uh, either having used it, having seen it, have heard it through a post- podcast like this, Um, they're starting to look at it and the other driver of course is the um, general awareness and interest in water conservation water efficiency uh, the rising costs of water and sewer as we spoke of before and if you have additionally uh, drought situations locally that uh, force people to uh, look at uh, what alternatives there are uh, plus the Local water districts very often give rebates uh, for our product, as they do for other water conservation products or irrigation products. So, you know, slowly but surely, even though I've been in this business 28 years, but slowly but surely, people have really become more aware of what the value of water is to them and their communities, and plus uh, what simply can be done with our example of just installing waterless urinals where you normally have a flushed urinal
0: could you explain to the audience some of the economic benefits of water conservation for businesses every business certainly has a budget
1: and two of the things that they very often uh, have no influence over uh, would be uh, the electrical cost or your other utility costs like uh, like water Um, the prices for water and sewer as we're talking waterless no-flush urinals, uh, certainly have risen quite dramatically and in some instances uh, to the point where really facilities, but also primar- um, primarily schools and other public uh, institutions have to grapple right now w- what they can best do in, with the budgets that they have. So water conservation, as people call it, is actually a pretty low-hanging fruit. Uh, meaning those are the most simple things that you can change over to at not very high costs in order to reduce your water use, your sewer effluent and to cut costs for the future. So assume you have 10 flushed urinals in your um, in your building and um, they use on average 30,000 gallons of Uh, water a year per urinal, so now you are looking at 300,000 gallons for the 10 urinals, if you can cut that down to zero right quick, there is an immediate benefit of the water conservation and there is an immediate benefit of uh, cutting costs and then of course you are warding off any kind of water cost increases for the future for those fixtures.
0: That's very interesting and really good to know because a lot of people sometimes don't really care about water conservation until it affects them directly. So I think it's important to sort of state to people the economic benefits of, hey, your business can save quite a bit of money depending on how big it is by actually doing uh, things to conserve water because that means you know, less on your utility bill absolutely now could you just sort of explain in your own words why you personally think water conservation is so important
1: well i i do believe you know i do have children and i have certainly seen uh the problems uh, for water of water around the world um i have children i uh, have now grandchildren and it is one of those resources first of all that we cannot live without uh, secondly, we still have not completely valued what actually water means. And thirdly, for the rest of the world, but also if I just simply look at my family, what is uh, the world for my children and grandchildren going to look like if there is not only less water, but a whole lot less water?
0: You brought up something interesting. You said we don't value what water means. Could you expand on that point? Well... As long as you have uh, a
1: resource available you usually care less, let's say, about it. Um, it's almost like uh, with, with your car. If uh, gasoline is not only available, you just drive up to the gas station, you put your cart in and gas is two or three dollars um, and you can afford it, that seems to be okay. If all of a sudden gas is no longer available, like it was, let's say, with the gas shortage in the 70s, and you have to stand in line, and not only do you have to stand in line, but you're not sure if you're going to get some, all of a sudden you become aware uh, and how precarious that resource is. It's the same with water. As long as you open the faucet at home to brush your teeth, as long as you open the faucet to hose down the driveway, uh, to take a shower, and it's all available and the cost is reasonable, Why would you care? Uh, But it has in general across the world, uh, in some places more so than ever before, um, water availability has become a problem. Uh, We have environmental issues, uh, let's say from uh, toxins going into the water. Uh, We have higher costs in filtering water so that it is potable. Uh, On the other hand, think about it, too. We're still flushing toilets and urinals with potable water. It's almost ridiculous that we still do that. So the value of water is, uh, in our country, not fully acknowledged, but it certainly is acknowledged in places where water is less available or almost uh, not at all available.
0: That's a really great point. All right, Klaus, I got one more question for you, and it's, Do you think water conservation will improve in the next 10 to 20 years as technology and waterless solutions are introduced to the market?
1: Absolutely. It's uh, like any other um, resources that need to be uh, preserved. Uh, There is thinking about improvements in water efficiency, water conservation. and, And I think we have to make the distinction, too, between water conservation and water efficiency. One reason is to conserve the water, And the other one is to make the use of it more efficient. So to me, they both go hand in hand. And um, the drive forward uh, is is for sure there. We're reducing already water use in uh, toilets for the last 20 years. We're reducing it in urinals. We have shower heads that release less water but are still efficient to shower. We have restrictors on our... Uh, faucets that we reduce water. Um, so we're doing a lot. There will be more done and there will have to be more done.
0: Thank you for coming on Klaus. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe for previous podcast articles and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Sam Kingma, and you have a fantastic rest of your day.